0: What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to a special Champions League edition of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agostinho. Happy middle of the week. Happy Wednesday. You're halfway there. We're all halfway there. Halfway to another Benfica match because this Saturday, Benfica take uh, take on Vitoria Guimarães, the Conquistadores. At the Don Alphonse Enrich at the birthplace of Portugal. But in this episode today, we're going back a week or so. We're going back to Tuesday, September the 14th. We're going to the city of Kiev in the Ukraine for Dinamo Kiev versus Benfica, match day one UEFA Champions League Group E. Now, remember that Benfica. Um, Missed the Champions League group stage last year After that upset defeat in Greece to to Pauk With the nail in the coffin there Delivered by our former player Zivkovic last, uh, last September So here we are, fast forward 12 months And we are back in the group stage And we talked in episode 123 About that second leg in Eindhoven Versus PSV And it was a it was a rematch of the 1988 UEFA Champions League final between Benfica and PSV of course Um, a match that I might add my father was in attendance for in Stuttgart Germany that night he he uh, went to Stuttgart for literally one day from Boston Massachusetts United States just to see that match Um, but uh, obviously the two clubs are in a different place today than they were in 1988 but Again, they were fighting for that final spot in the, or not the final spot, but for the spot in the UEFA Champions League group stage. The financial um, implications were massive and Benfica suffered greatly last season by not making that. As you know, Ruben Diaz had to be sold, went off to Manchester City and became the the, uh, Premier League defender of the year. Um, Probably their best player last season in their championship run. Um, found himself in the Champions League final. And we didn't want to see that happen again. We have talent in this team that we don't necessarily want to sell because if you're selling in the current market, you are underselling. And that's not good. And we have players that I don't want to undersell, certainly. So... What ends up happening is Benfica do get by PSV, as you know, and find their way into this Group E. Of course, unlike in South America, in South America, when you play those those uh, preliminary rounds, you already know what group you're going into by the time they play them. I mean, it had already been drawn for whatever reason. In South America, they do it that way. We do it differently in Europe. Um, and I like the the excitement of not you know of qualifying not knowing what group you're going into and having that that excitement and having that hope still there. Um so Benfica get by PSV and are filled with hope of course uh and wondering who are we going to draw in our group. Well the excitement I think was short lived because this group is absolutely brutal. So when the little ping pong balls came out of the machine Last month at the end of August. Here is what happened. Befica drawn into Group E alongside, are you ready for this? Bayern München, only the German champions in the 2020 um, Champions League winners. Dynamo Kiev, our our opponents here in this one in, in Ukraine, the Ukrainian champions, and a little known team by the name of Football Club Barcelona. Once again, we draw Barcelona. It wasn't that long ago that we had Barcelona. I think we've, we've seen enough of Barcelona at this point. But but it is exciting because Barcelona will be coming to the Stadio de Luge, And if there's a time to play Barcelona, it is now. Although, I admit, I wish that the first match day had been against Barcelona. Um, they're in quite the predicament right now. And... To be realistic, just because they're struggling in La Liga and because they're struggled against Bayern Munich does not mean that they're just going to be, you know, three points in the bag. Certainly not. Um, Right now, you know, this group is very difficult. And I think once this group was finalized, I think expectations for this team quickly um, came crashing down to earth, which I don't think is even a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. To be honest, I don't mind being in this tough group. Because Benfica have proven when they're in a less tough group, okay, and we can we can poke fun at Sporting for their group. Their group we thought the group that was supposed to be easy turned out to be uh they turned out to get a, a nice little uh, spanking at the hands of Ajax. All right, so a pretty fo- pretty uh pretty good bit of of banter material there that we took out the team the team that beat Ajax four nil in the Dutch Super Cup we beat in a two-legged final or in a two-legged round. Meanwhile, our rivals lost five-one to Ajax, and um, that's all fine and dandy. But the truth is, you know, uh, it's it's not it's it's more complicated than that. The Champions League is very nuanced, okay? And you can't just plug teams in. And we have a fan base with Benfica that is very bipolar. And what I mean by that is, we have our segment of fans that think Benfica should play to win at all costs against everyone. And what I mean by that is not that the mentality to go in to win, but it is to go out and take all kinds of risks and to to completely negate and to completely abandon all caution and all, all defensive responsibilities and just go forward, forward, forward. And that doesn't really work very well. And then we have the other band of Benfica fans that are just so damn negative. And nothing is ever good enough. And, um, or I should say, uh, the band of Benfica fans that that take anything this team gives us. Okay, so, um, there's many that say, there are many, I say many, but there are many that say that the Champions League is just extra and let's focus on the league. This was the line of thought that the Luis Felipe Vieda regime loved. They would focus on the league. Focus on the league. Focus on the league. And then in in a few seasons when the league was down, when our rivals were down and they're still down, let's be honest. Our rivals are not what they were. Yes, Sporting are the champions. But you can you can rewind back 5 years or so and you'll find a much stronger Sporting team that did not win the title. The teams JJ managed at Sporting were a lot stronger than the Sporting. That we see today that huben Amamurin has at his at his disposal, let's be honest about that, okay, so um you know we we go into this champions league, okay Befica should have won the league a lot more than they have in the past five years, okay they should have won the league we should have won the league more than we have in the past five years, but that attitude that it Europe doesn't matter has instilled a loser's mentality in this in this group. Not, maybe not in this group of players, but in this locker room, in this club, in the culture of this club. And I have said time and time again, and I think we're working on this, and I think I'm seeing improvement in it. But the culture at Benfica sucks right now. Or it has sucked. It is improving. And this match with Dinamo Kiev pointed to a flaw in the culture. Taking that step into this Champions League group stage was a big step for this team. And we have a segment of our fan base that just automatically assumes and believes, right or wrong, that we should always beat Dinamo Kiev on the, no matter what. Okay, this Dinamo Kiev team is the champions of Ukrainian football, okay? They beat out a very good Shakhtar Donetsk team to win the league last year. This Dinamo Kiev team, okay, as I look at their roster here, has no shortage. No, and they're actually in action today. Dinamo Kiev in action today, Wednesday, uh, September 22nd. They're in this, they're playing in the Ukrainian Super Cup against Shakhtar. And um, they're currently top of the... So, You, uh, Dinamo Kiev currently top of the table in the Ukrainian premier league. Okay. Eight rounds played seven victories, one draw, no defeats, 23 goals for two goals against. I don't care who you play against. That is a good team. Okay. um, Clearly, this is a better team than a lot of our fan base wants to give them credit for. And again, like I said, I'm gonna, look, I pull up the squad here. First of all, they have a, a manager that's well known who's done a lot of good things with these smaller clubs. Uh, Mircea Lucescu. He's got a long history. He's won a lot of titles. Okay, he has he has been a champion in. He's managed the the Turkish national team. He was a ch- he managed for 12 years. At Shakhtar Donetsk, winning the UEFA—I think it was the UEFA Cup in those days. I don't think they called it the Europa League yet. Managed and won at Zenit Saint Petersburg, and now at Dinamo Kiev. Okay, some of these names: Mike, Michael, uh, Vitali, Michaelenko, Denis Popov. Okay, Alexander Sorota. Uh, in midfield, you got guys like Alexander Andrzejewski and Vitali Bu- Buvelevsky, Mykola Sharapenko, okay, uh, Vladimir Shepelev. In attack, uh, you know, you got you just got a good, good base of the Ukrainian national team. Okay, a national team that was in the quarterfinals of Euro twenty. uh, Euro 2020 this past summer. This is not. Sometimes we Benfica fans go into these matches against these teams. And we think we're playing against Oroca. Or we think we're playing against, you know. Uh, we think we're playing against a Boavista or something like that the, the, these are much stronger teams than some of our fans want to give them credit for yes the, this was a match Benfica needed to win if they want to advance in my opinion this was a must win because Benfica are in a very very tough group and first and foremost you have to take maximum points against the team that is closest to your level that's what we have here Dinamo Kiev is the team that is closest to our level, however they're again, they're probably even with us. Yes, we outplayed them, maybe they're not as good as we are, okay, but they are there's a big difference between this opponent and our other two opponents, okay, and maybe we'll rise to the occasion and we'll get a better result against Barcelona. Maybe we'll go in there and we'll we'll go head toe to toe with Bayern Munich and come away with a point somewhere. Maybe Dinamo can do the same. Who knows? But I'm just saying, when you look at this and you see Bayern, Barcelona, Dinamo, Kiev, you want any chance to advance, you have to go in with the mentality that you need three points. You need all six points against Dinamo. Very hard to do against anybody but in the Champions League. Very hard to get six points against any opponent in the Champions League. I think JJ went for it. I think this is one match where I've been high on him this season. But this is one match where I think he got more wrong than he got right. And there's different factors he had to deal with too. But this group, Bayern, Benfica, Dinamo, and Barcelona. To me, being a realist, this does reduce some of the expectations. But that's not a bad thing because that lowers some of the pressure on this team. And maybe when this team takes on Barcelona, maybe when they take on Bayern Munich, they play a little freer. They play a little more pressure-free, if you will, or low pressure. They play more... Looking for something extra. More. Um, Maybe they'll take more risks. Who knows. Maybe they'll catch one of them on an off day. Um, For me, this was two points dropped. But at the same time, the way the match ended, this was a point gained. um, Because this very easily could have been a loss. And... It looked like it was going to be a loss. And I was going to say, here we are again. This is our Champions League reality time and time again. Where even when we play well, reasonably well, we find a way to lose at the end. Um, it's not like in Portugal where teams, you know. I, I heard it where teams play with the two low-lying blocks. Dinamo did do that. But they did it much better than what we're used to, to uh, doing it against. So it was a much better defensive team trying to def- quote-unquote park the bus against us. Um, I'm going to go first of all through the... so. Finishing my thought on the group, I think that Benfica's focus, first and foremost, has to be to get into the Europa League now. Uh, I know not all of you are going to like to hear that, but this is a brutal group, okay? Even with Barcelona in the state they're in, they're still Barcelona. There is still quality in that side. There is Memphis Depay. There is Sergio Aguero when he gets onto the pitch. There is... uh, you know, there is Pedri, there is, there is Pique, there is Jordi Alba, there are, there are still players that can do things there, and there are, there are stars that are going to come out of this team, yes, Ansu Fati is not available for a little bit longer, but there are, there are names that are going to come out of this Barcelona side, probably, and become stars, someone is going to take this opportunity in that team, by the horns, and going to, going to, uh, Make a name for themselves. So this is a very, very tough group. But I thought that Benfica... um, At the end of the day, you, you have to accept the point because it could have very easily been none. But you see that there were plenty of opportunities where they could have taken three. So... Advancing is going to be very difficult. I think first and foremost, you have to win the head-to-head with Dinamo and make sure that you get into the Europa League. This Benfica team, if that happens and we go to the Europa League, for those of you that like the coefficient, we can rack up points in the in the Europa League depending on the draw. When you go into the Europa League from the Champions League, you have a much better place in the draw than you have in uh when you come out of the group stage, okay? And especially in this year's format. So again, let's look at the lineups then. Okay. Um, Dinamo come out with a 4-2-3-1. Denis Boyko is the goalkeeper. Thomas uh Tomas Kedziora is the right back. Ilya Zavanari is the center back, along with Alexander Sorota. Vitali Mykolenko, the international for the Ukraine, is the left back. A double pivot in midfield, of course. Mikola Sharap Shaparenko, this guy is a baller. Like, I may have a, t- a hard time pronouncing his name, but this dude is a baller. He was good. Very, very good at Euro 2020. He was very good in this match against Benfica, to be honest. He was one of the best players on the pitch on the night. And uh, very nearly, he he uh, got the three points for Dinamo. In front of them, they have a three-man attacking midfield um, trio with Vitali Buliaski in the center of the midfield in the number 10 role. Carlos Pena to his right. And Viktor Sigankov to his left. Uh, sorry, to his right. Carlos Depena to his left. Ilya Shirkreen is the striker on the night. Georges Zuzs comes out with the 3-4. 2-1 is what Mobs calling it. It, to me, was the same. Uh, 3-4-3 we normally play. Although it was with with Rafa and Everton playing a little bit more in a... Right center and left center channel position more so than playing in an in an attacking three. It was more of, I think it is accurate to call it more of a two attacking, um, inside wingers, if you will, uh, not wingers, but just just inside of the wing, um, playing in that right center and left center channel. Um, with with a lone striker up top, so Odie Vlakodimos is the goalkeeper once again, and he had himself a very good match, uh, man of the match performance to be exact, uh, at least on Fout Mob. We'll look at goal point here at the end of the ep- at the end of the episode. But back three missing Lucas Verissimo, of course. We talked about that last episode in episode one twenty four. Lucas Verissimo. Um, suspended for this one, having picked up a double yellow card against PSV. So, Nicolas Otamendi moves from deep center to right center. Jan Vertonghen goes from left center to deep center, and Moratu is introduced into the 11. I like this kid. I like how he's playing. Moratu, is, when called upon, is is delivering. He is getting a lot of opportunities so far. and it, Backing up Jan Vertonghen is probably not the worst thing in the world because you're going to get opportunities to play Jan is going to need rest Jan is going to need to sit out some matches and Moratu looks ready to 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 take that place looks ready to eventually get the reins I thought he was going to win it outright to be honest the way that the first month of the season went for me he he's he's a starter day in day out and Jan is is a substitute but JJ being a little more a little more kind a little more respectful to his veteran. Um, and one of his what feels like five or six captains on this team. Otamendi's the captain on the day. Um and uh those are your back three, the wing backs. Grimaldi down the left. Uh Gilberto gets the start over Diogo Gonçalves and over um over uh Lazaro in this one. Um whether or not Diogo Gonçalves Diogo Gonçalves was on the bench for this one, but JJ uh, opts for those two in this one. Weigl and João Mario get the get the start in the center of midfield again. That is our tandem. They they both make each other so much better. Um, Weigl has just been so much better of a player once you give him a proper midfield partner like João Mario And like I said, Everton and Rafa in attacking midfield roles behind this, the striker. Roman Yaremchuk returning to play the club where he played his youth football and where he came through the ranks to break through as a professional um, in in his home country here. He really wanted a goal. It, it was not the happiest of homecomings for him. A lot of things did not go right for Yaremchuk and for Benfica in this one. But Benfica were by far you know, the better team on the night. But, of course, uh, Dinamo much closer to winning the match than Benfica were. And we look at this here, uh, Dinamo make two changes in their starting 11 from the team that had beat Metalist at the weekend with Shaparenko and Buliaski coming in to replace Andreevsky and Lednev. Befica make four changes in this one from the team that had beaten Santa Clara on the weekend. Uh, Otamendi, Gilberto, Rafa, and Yaremchuk into the team. Verissimo suspended, as we said. Gonsalves, Darwin Nunez, and Rodrigo Pino dropped in this one. Um, And it starts off as Rafa gets it. Rafa was really good in this match, I have to say. This is one of Rafa's best matches. And, And what I like about in Europe is... When we play against someone that doesn't really know Rafa that well. When we play an opponent that's not familiar with him or not focused in on him. He gets all kinds of space. And in the Portuguese league, he gets hacked most of the time. This first half especially, he was turning. He was running by players. He was getting things accomplished. He was beating guys on the dribble he was taking shots he was playing teammates in Rafa had especially in the first half a very very good uh performance in this match and he was allowed to do a lot the the Ukrainian champions didn't really adjust well to him until the second half and even then he he was giving them headaches um in the 7th minute it's Rafa again this is after having had a f- decent chance in the third and the 7th he turns brilliantly to evade a challenge on the counterattack up the pitch. Ball is well worked down the right. However, his, the cross is well defended by Sarota. Um, Dynamo, Dynamo, excuse me, get a dangerous free kick a minute later. Vertonghen comes across to help to After his teammates pass, allowed Buliaski to sprint towards goal. Vertonghen clips the striker and brings him down twenty yards from goal. And Shira, Sheparenko nearly makes it one 0 Free kick from around 20 yards. He gets it up and over the wall and sending it towards the top left corner. But guess who's there? None other than the guy who would make a big name for himself in this one. Odi Vlacodimos with a brilliant save to tip it over the crossbar and keep it nil. nil. Uh, Dinamo Kiev and Befica have met four times in previous European Cup slash Champions League competition each time in the group stage. Um, They have won one and lost three, Uh, or I should say Dinamo have beaten Befica once but lost three, their only win coming in November 1991 at home. Uh, Of course, we know this match ends in a draw, so now you can add a draw to that history. And Befica pressing, though, after Vertonghen does well to prevent an opportunity at the near post, the low cross comes in. From the left, and the center back had to get across to quickly divert it. He does it, but if he could break out and uh, try to get the offense going. But two minutes later, it's Dinamo again, but at this time, whistled for offside after Kedziora plays a good header through to Shikarin who is completely unmarked in the box and fires an effort towards goal. Flacco makes the save regardless. Superb reaction to deny the striker before pouncing on the, reball, uh, pouncing on the rebound. But it wouldn't have counted anyways. The flag had gone up. But because of advantage, uh, Odi gets to add a save to his total. And in the 20th minute, uh, Fatma will say that Vlako has been the busier of the two keepers. Dinamo creating the best chances in the first 20 minutes. Uh, despite their possession, Befica yet to test Boico at the other end. And this becomes the story of the match. Benfica's possession, 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 which is good on the road. I'll take it, but just nothing coming from it again. Like like it appeared to me. Dinamo did their homework in this match. They they sat in deep, right when they needed to. When they didn't have the ball, they didn't allow Benfica spaces. Uh, Benfica's chances all came in transition through Rafa, which is how we get a lot of our chances in transition, but. When Dinamo back off the press and sit deeper and set up their defense, um, you know it, it was similar to what we see in in the in the Liga Portugal, except <laughs> they're better at it than the teams we face in the Liga. Um, but if you could try to get one here, as Everton plays a quick one-two down the left wing and then looks to race into the Dinamo penalty area, but Saigencov steps across him, makes a poor challenge. And he hands Benfica a free kick in a, a decent position. However, it comes to nothing. And we ha- get the stat in the 27th minute. That Benfica have won just one of their last 11 away Champions League games. Two of those draws. Eight defeats. Um, a 3-2 win at Ike Athens in October 2018 is the only victory. And they have conceded in all 11 of these matches. Okay. Um, in and in 10 of those 11 matches, allowing at least two goals. So this is an improvement, again, on recent form. This is a game, this is a growing pains kind of match. This is Benfica relearning what it means to play at this level, what it means that you can't make mistakes, what it means to face Higher quality opponents, and maybe this was the right team to play in match day one. Again, I wish we had played Barcelona first. Barcelona are in a place where I wanted—I would have wanted to capitalize on. Plus, we'd be more prepared when we face these these six pointers, w- which is really what they are against Dinamo. Um, Dinamo nearly go ahead in the 33rd, Maybe if you could try and play out of the back, but but Sidorchuk gets caught in possession on, uh, sorry, yeah, Dinamo try to play out of the, I, I misread this, let me start this over, 33rd minute, and Dinamo try to play out of the back, uh, but Sidorchuk gets caught in possession on the edge of his own penalty area, and uh, Weigel nicks it off his toes before flicking it through to Everton, however, Everton's shot was superbly blocked, despite the sloppy defense. Uh, the, the slopping defending from Dinamo. Dinamo were lucky a few minutes not to con- a few minutes ago not to concede. This is in the 35th as they were caught out by Befica's high press. Uh, Benfica appearing to get frustrated in the 37th with their la- at their lack of possession. They're having a lot of chasing to do at the moment. So this is a this is the point in the match here. Befica struggled. Uh, Benfica would recover that possession they get lots of possession in the in the second half. I feel like, you know, Benfica really took control from that aspect of the match. But here from, you know, minute 10 to minute 40 was uh was a very frustrating time for Benfica as I think the Ukrainians were playing their best football at that point. And uh, they were starting to to command in the match and starting to pick out the spots, starting to find the mismatches that they like, and they were able to to push Benfica back a little bit. But coming from there, as this first half went on, Benfica start to take control. Okay, in the fortieth, Benfica are close. It's a clever free kick with João Mario stopping, spotting the run. Excuse me of Rafa in the box. And they catch the Dinamo defense out. However, the angle is just a little bit too tight for the effort. So he has to try and lob the keeper. But he gets too much on it. And it lands on the top netting. In um, One minute later, Boyko makes a big save. His first one, really. As he has to react quickly. Yarmuchuk finds time and space in the box. And unleashes a powerful strike against his former club, Echo, But it's just too close to the keeper. And the keeper makes a very good stop. Uh, Dynamo worked the ball or Dinamo worked the ball well down the right wing and it eventually pulled back from Michaelenko at the edge of the box, who aims his effort towards the bottom right of the net. However, Odie there again, making yet another save. And that was in the 43rd and the 44th. Roman Yarimchuk goes into the book for Benfica as he's the second Benfica player booked for a poor challenge on Zabar, Zabarni. As that takes us to halftime. And it had it was an open game and end to end at times in the first half. Um, especially with Dynamo Dinamo looking dangerous on the counterattack when they have caught Benfica out of position on a few occasions, um, with balls played in behind. But it was an entertaining first half of football. Dinamo and Benfica both testing each other, both having chances to open to open the scoring, but it remained goalless at the half. Sharpa, uh, Sharpenko, um Sheperenko, excuse me, went close from a free kick early on, as that was a big save from Vlachodimos, superbly denied. And Michaelenko had a strike late, as we just spoke about. And at the end of the end, at our end, it was Yadimchuk and Rafa both with chances, but nobody could find the back of the net. Moving to the second half, no substitutes at halftime. Um we know at halftime that that Bayern Munich are already ahead 1-0 at the Camp Nou ahead of Barcelona. So this is really somebody's opportunity to go into second place. Um and I think both teams went after it while they could and as the match wore on I think both teams became somewhat happy with the with the 0-0. In the 52nd minute uh Sidorchuk goes into the referee's book for deliberately pulling down Rafa to the ground to stop him from breaking into the final third. Um, Benfica have suffered defeat in their opening match of the group stage in their last three Champions League campaigns, losing to Seska Moscow in 2017-18, Bayern Munich in 18-19. Look, got them in our group again. I talked about... Barcelona yeah, here's Bayern Munich again we've seen Bayern Munich in the group we've seen Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals it's just we seem to run into the same couple of teams all the time and of course our last outing our last appearance I should say in the Champions League we lost to RB Leipzig in the opener in 2019 twenty and obviously did not advance from the group stage in any of those matches it's been years since we have advanced out of the group stage. In the 55th, though, we nearly go ahead. A boy, uh, Boyko makes a nice save to deny Benfica the opening goal. Rafa does brilliantly to win the ball back deep in the penalty area after a messy scramble, and then he and then he flicks it to Yaremchuk, who smashes the ball towards goal. However, his Ukrainian international, his national team teammate, if you will, makes himself as big as possible and makes a great save with his legs to deny the striker. Benfica, certainly the team on top in the second half um currently camped in the the Dinamo half of the pitch here as we approach the hour mark and the host sitting deep soaking up pressure on the hour we get a we get a double substitution no triple substitution from George azzouge. This is what I don't like. I understand why you make multiple substitutions. Because the way the rules are written, you know, that is, you know, how they're written and, and you only get so many stops for a substitution. But again, a three is too many for me. It changes it changes a third of the of the players on the pitch, essentially. And I think it's too many changes at once. It makes too many confusing moments. Um, things like marks, you know, picking up marks and and, and positioning and you know, communication all break down when you get that many changes at once in my opinion at least but Nemanja Radonich comes on and he this is his debut in a Benfica kid he replaces Everton who had a lackluster day um again I've talked about Everton I think Everton needs to be shut down temporarily for for 10 days to two weeks and I think in the next in the next uh in the next international window, I think he really should be allowed to leave and go somewhere with his family for a week, and just rec- recuperate a little bit, because it, it, they're just, there's just too much wear on him right now. Again, he's going on—he's going on like twenty months straight of playing. Um, I think he could be managed a little bit better. Plus, the pressure is is just enormous on him right now. The cri- criticisms are are coming from the rooftops. Nobody's seeing anything he's doing well. They're just focusing on everything he does wrong. And he's under like the biggest microscope of anybody in our team right now, along with Darwin. And um, his day ends on the hour, as, as does the day for Gilberto. After being the hero against Tondela, he is, he is out here on the hour. And the n- new signing, the loanee from Inter Milan, Valentino Lazaro, uh, replaces him and also in this in this uh, stoppage you get Darwin Nuñez coming on for Roman Yarimchuk. This for me was the wrong change, okay? We know what Darwin gives us and I know what, what what JJ's thinking. It's the same thing he was thinking against Santa Clara and again against Tondela and that is to get some vertical runners other than Rafa. I think what this match needed was more of a high work rate forward i think a guy that can press a little bit and that can do some of the the, the work on the defensive side of the ball to force more more um mistakes from the ukrainian side a, a guy that will just be on the move all the time and force force the opponent to to adjust this was a this spot I thought was tailor made for Gonzalo Ramos. I know he's a kid. I know he hasn't played well in the eyes of a lot of people. I think he's played he's done everything but score. Yes, I get that he's a striker. That's what we judge him on. But he has this match was calling for something I thought he could deliver better than Darwin could. And I didn't think Darwin was ready for a match uh, of this caliber against an opponent of this caliber, especially a defense-minded opponent um in of this quality. But that's where JJ went. He brought on he brought on Darwin instead of uh instead of Gonzalo. And instead of you could even if it wasn't Gonzalo, I thought this is also if you want the vertical guy, I thought it was a good spot for Seferovic as well. You know, the more experienced guy, the moment's not gonna get to him so much. Darwin looked like he was trying to impress and he had a hard time staying on his feet. Um he looks like he's trying to do too much sometimes. Um Dinamo will also make a substitution in this stoppage. Dennis uh, Harmash comes on and Ilya Shakurin is off. And uh, Rafa with another opportunity here. 63rd minute. He works his space in the penalty area after some good play from Jomariu down the right. Rafa powers a shot uh, towards goal, which appeared to be headed on target. However, Zabarni gets across brilliantly to make the block and divert. The danger. Um, another uh, a good block here in the 66th. Depeña fires a volley towards the edge of the penalty area after the ball dropped nicely for him in space. However, none other than Nico Otamendi is right there and ever the reliable um, defender and leader in this team. The man, for me, that leads this locker room, uh, especially now with with, uh, with Andreas Samaric gone. The man that leads this locker room is Nicolas Otamendi. It, it's unbelievable. If you had said to me three years ago, or even if you would have <laughs> said to me eighteen months ago, that I'd be sitting here talking on this podcast about a Champions League game with Mafika, that our captain would be Nicolas Otamendi, and our best our best player going forward, or I, I should say, one of our most important players going forward, would be Joao Mario, I, I would never have believed it. I mean. But it, it is it is a great time to be alive and Otta Mindy here does well to uh, to block the shot. And we head into the 70th now uh, with plenty of time still to go, but Weigel is booked for a blatant shirt pull on Boyalsky in order to stop him from breaking into Benfica's half. A minute later, it's returned as Zabarni gets a yellow card for a foul on Darwin deep down the right wing. Luckily for him, Befica can't create anything off of the resulting free kick. Another substitution, double substitution for the Ukrainian side. On comes Alexander Karavev. Off comes Viktor Siganov and on comes Benjamin Verbich. The Serbian replaces Carlos De Peña. And Rafa had been has been excellent all day but in the 77th he just couldn't latch onto the end of a long ball over the top and Boyako gratefully gets is able to gather it. A low cross is whipped into the penalty area in the from the right wing in the 78th. And Otamendi swings a leg at it, but doesn't make this was a scary moment. It doesn't make great contact on it. And <laughs> and uh it goes through the six yard box. Verbich almost capitalizes at the far post. It still hits the post on its way out and goes out for a corner. This was a scary moment where um this is for the first time where you're you're missing Lucas Farissimo here as um uh he he usually mans that position on the right center back and I think tamindi's a much better defender as a as the center of the mid of the back three versus being on the right but you know they had to make moves jj had to make adjustments and lucas wasn't wasn't available so uh eighty second minute eh, garmash catches Jo late with the high challenge and he's booked after committing just a few fouls and we get a very strange substitution in the 85th as Adel Terapt, of all people, come on for João Mario uh, with only five minutes to play. I'm not sure what Adel Terapt was going to do in this match. I'm sorry. You you, you all know h- what I think about him, but in the Liga, it's one thing, but in a match where we're struggling so much to, to break down the opponent and to get chances, Adel Terapt, for me, is not the guy to, to bring in on this one. Um... I don't I don't know why Joao Mario can't play 5 more minutes to be honest with you. It's the 85th minute. Um but then we get an injury concern in the 87th as Rafa is down on the pitch uh with verbiage. It doesn't look good. It's a nasty collision and uh Rafa is a substituted in and he isn't he isn't pulled off until the 90th as uh uh, he has to be stretched off the field, but Peasy comes on for his good friend for the final few minutes, but it's all for none as uh the only the last chance of the match of course comes to to Dinamo as they nearly win it in stoppage time. The first chance falls to Sheparenko on the edge of the box he powers a shot to the top right corner um which has he has Vlacodimos beaten, but it goes off the crossbar Benfica lucky to avoid a goal there. But in the follow-up, uh, it continues, and Harmash with a looping header at the far post appears to have Vlachodimos beaten, but the goalkeeper gets up. Uh, so this was a play where Vlako made one save and had to get up again to save the 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 rebound as well as he has to make two saves in a row here. Vlachodimos makes a big big save. But Bifika not out of the woods yet ninetieth plus two late drama as as Dinamo continued to press they can feel the goal the twenty one thousand in the stadium can feel the goal coming. they all believe there's great belief in the Ukrainian side and Dinamo think they have it in stoppage time as we said Sheparenko produces a brilliant finish this guy is is a phenomenal player um, at the far post after a lovely cross deep into the box by Garmash down the right ring. he volleys it past Vlahovic nothing he can do the crowd goes crazy i saw nothing wrong with this however the var <laughs> take a look at it they take longer than they usually do in europe and i'm starting to think we're going to get we're, we're somehow going to be bailed out here um i don't understand honestly i thought this was a clean goal even watching it um i Every time you think you know the rules of this game, you, you get, you get something, that can, uh, something that can make you question what you thought you knew. As the goal is ruled out, VAR takes a look at Dinamo's goal and the replay shows Garmash was offside when he received the ball down the right. Okay, and therefore the goal is ruled out. Okay, when I saw this live... I saw a line that had two players in the box offside that had nothing to do with the play. But it turns out it is Garmash who makes the cross that is offside. And uh, fortunately, before Benfica, they rescue a point thanks to the VAR. And Benfica hang on to pick up the point after Dinamo have a goal ruled out in stoppage time by VAR, of course. Dinamo rallied late and had a couple of chances to win the match before it looks like Shaparenko had done just that. It wasn't to be and both teams will have to make do with a share of the spoils as it ends nil-nil while in the other match we know Bayern Munich beat Barcelona 3-0. So let's go to the goal point now and take a look at what we got as far as the goal point ratings for this match starting with the home side. Starting with uh, our opponents as usual, Miracea, Miracea Lucescu's Dinamo Kiev have a, an average rating of 5.63 with an expected goals of 0.6. Their man of the match is the goalkeeper, Boy, uh, Boyko. He has a 6.7 rating. Uh, Kedziora, 5.3. Zabarani, 5.4. Sharota, 5.5. Michaelenko, 6.2. Depeña. 5.1, Shep- Sheperenko 6.2, Sidorchuk 5.4, Bujalski 6.1, and Sagankov 5.4, Shakurin uh, up front 4.4, the striker was essentially a non- participant in this one, despite playing the whole match. Um, Garmash comes off the bench for a 5.4, Karavev off the bench for a 5.2, and Verbich. A uh, 5.2 as well. For Benfica. 5.96 average rating with an XG expected goals of 1.1. Benfica really should have gotten one here. Odie gets a 6.6 in what was uh, on Fout Mob, He was the man of the match with an 8.0. Here on goal point, he's got a 6.6. Not quite the man of the match. Uh, w- there is one better than him in this one. Uh, Gilberto is the right wing back, of course. 5.1 for him in 45 minutes of action. Nicolas Otamendi is the man of the match on goal point. He gets a 7.3 rating. He was very, very good in this match, of course. Minus for that moment of uh, of discomfort where he nearly nearly accidentally put the ball in our own goal. João Mário, 6.0. Tongan, 6.6. Moratu 6.1, Weigel 6.1, Grimaldo 5.7, Everton 5.3, Yadimchuk unfortunately only a 4.9 against his former club, and Rafa gets a 6.4 in a match where he did a lot right. So sometimes these ratings are a little, I think, a little bit misweighted, but it is what it is. Off the bench, Radonjic, Nemanja Radonjic gets a 4.6, Darwin Nunez 4.9. Valentino Lazaro 5.0 a delta Roptan, PZ not on the pitch long enough to earn a rating part of Otamendi's performance here his pass efficiency was 91 percent and he made he attempted six long passes with five of them being completed um, he ends up with two uh, two defensive actions in the opponent's midfield four interceptions six clearances and one important block the stats for this one the stat line shots total shots dinamo 8 benfica 12 shots on goal four apiece actions in the opponents penalty area benfica dominating this statistic 24 to 10 for benfica five corners to dinamo to three for benfica pass efficiency 89% for benfica still very high but many of them are are are, are you know lateral and back Dinamo with a 75% efficiency of their own. Vertical pass rating. Befica really destroyed Dinamo in this in this uh, category. Befica with a 75% vertical pass uh, success rate with 10 defensive actions in the opponent's midfield. Befica commits 12 fouls to Dinamo's 10. And Befica with 67% of the possession. Okay, so... The table now in Group E looks uh, like this. It is Bayern top of the group right now with three points. They were the ones, the only ones to win three goals for, none against. Benfica and Dinamo sharing second uh, with uh, obviously a nil-nil draw. No goal scored, none allowed, each with one point. And Barcelona for now on the bottom. The next match day has... Uh, Dinamo traveling to Bavaria to take on Bayern. And of course Barcelona comes to the Stadio de Luz. And these matches will be played next Wednesday I believe. It has to be next Wednesday. It is next Wednesday September the 29th. Okay? Both, both matches will kick off at the same time. That's 3 p.m. Eastern time in the United States uh, which is 12 Pacific and that's 8 p.m. in Portugal. Okay, so that is gonna do it for this episode one twenty five. Thank you for hanging with me tonight, and it looks like we are back on track. It looks like we're back, uh, caught up with Benfica matches. So the next episode is gonna drop Friday. Okay, it's gonna be a women's episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna recap Benfica ladies' uh, triumphant triumphant uh, round of thirty two matchup against. Uh, FC Twente of the Netherlands winning over two legs, okay, and having a phenomenal second leg at the Seychelles in front of a fantastic crowd, an out-of-this-world crowd that went to the Seychelles and put put everything behind these ladies. And we'll also look at their Liga BPI opener, and if time allows, we will preview this coming weekend's. Sporting versus Benfica Derby in the Liga BPI The women, they're going to play Sporting again A rematch of the Super Cup and it's time to get some revenge But, as I'll Talk about in the episode, it's a match that In reality, outside of the rivalry Doesn't mean a lot This This part of the season is just a qualifying Stage for the championship Stage So the tables reset after after that. It's going to be the same format as last season: a North Zone and a South Zone, with the top four from each meeting in the championship stage, and everything starts for real there. Okay, thank you for joining me again. Don't forget to follow uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at at Mike Agustinho. That's at M I K E A G O S T I N H O, and follow the show on Twitter as well. That's at Benfica Mister. I'm I'm pushing and hoping to get to 1,000 followers for the show by the end of 2021. Give me a hand. Share my uh, share the page. Share at Benfica Mister. Okay, the Twitter handle. Help me get a few more followers. Let's get to 1,000 before the end of 2021. Um, and let's get this show out to more people, more Benfica fans, um, especially those you know that are that are Anglophone, that speak English primarily. You um, It'd be a great. It'll be. It's a great honor to be able to come on to this microphone and talk about Benfica and to have all of you guys listen and interact with me and follow the show on Twitter and interact with the show on Twitter. Don't forget also on Instagram at Benfica, at Mister Benfica and on Facebook at www.misterbenfica. Sorry, www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica and of course the show's homepage www.mrbenfica.com for more coverage of this uh UEFA Champions League match day one I will be dropping a a new parking the bus episode soon all right where I will recap the entire match day one in the UEFA Champions League Be on the lookout for that. Make sure you follow the Parking the Bus podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, give it a follow and a five-star rating so I can get it out to more people and continue to build the audience base. Thank you again. I will catch you on Friday where we'll talk about the women's team. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. Kajega Benfica. Forza Benfica. Hashtag we are Benfica. I'm the Mr. Mike Agostinho signing off.
1: i uh-uh, a good trip. Uh-uh, good trip. Uh-uh, good trip. you, Spin. you, spit. Back you spit, you spit Back a chip, that you spit, you spit you spin, you spin. I hate the music business, the way your bullies gifted. All the switch from being honest to cool and distant, new but not truly different. We got a ruling really misfits, players and jocks, while we playing the part of the coolest vision. Ain't a high school movie, had a brace like Tootie when the news hit them, only if you will listen. Cause there ain't nothing new about the facts of life, dudes do, so why don't you sit calm? If the shoe fits on, why don't you kick some? Huh, that good shit that you spit, amusement fun. They get you sitting for two spins at music 101. They get fun in the club, I'm done. Unless I go numb, make my flow dumb, go write a hit song called Fight Over. So many idols come, so many idols go, but in the end, man, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>